And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. It's so funny that we that we had a fill earlier in the show. Listen to what this is about. Free will and predestination. <laughs> Two of everyone's favorite argumentative points. Boy, oh boy, what would God ever do without us and our brilliant conclusions to his infinite wisdom? Regardless of which side you come down on, and you should come down on the side of Calminian, but that's besides the point, we are on a journey, in a play, on a divine walk, or participants in a race. At a minimum, the human race. And according to God's perspective, not humanistic, mesmerizing poets, this race has been marked out. Wowzer. Uh, let's see if we can borrow a job title and definition to appreciate what we're talking about. According to Zip Recruiter, recruiter okay, that's a job site. A master planner involves developing daily production schedules, managing inventory to maintain appropriate levels, and coordinating the availability of raw materials for production. Simple because God is the real and only master planner, so we never need to lose our confidence since he's the one planning. And finally, it's not an option for us to quit, give up, throw in the towel, take a long walk off a short pier, give up the ghost, take a powder, or shout, I quit. The reason is straightforward. It's not an option to quit when we're with Jesus. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavily talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving. That's nice. Living. That's nice, too. And prevailing. Oh, that's really good. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Remember, I don't like politics that much because poly is many. Ticks are blood-sucking insects. Just leave it there. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can send us an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Maybe I should get more energy. David at he must increase.org. You can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. Now, when you make that call for today... You will be talking to Amazing Jen. Tomorrow, you're going to be talking to Dynamic D, so you better get yourself ready. 
But today, if you call, you'll talk to Amazing Jen. And uh, talking to Amazing Jen is phenomenal. What's that like? It's like finding out that your kid's favorite food is the same as yours. That's pretty cool. And then you will feel amazing. There you go. See? See? I just want to point out Dynamic D does come with his own set of sounds. <laughs> are you ready for this stuff, man? You think you're okay? I just want to make sure you're okay. All right. I'm ready. Okay. I know you are. <laughs> He's awesome. All right. So, uh, bottom line here's a uh, bottom line to this. You might have a praise re- report, and we want you to have that opportunity. You might have a prayer request. And so we've got people. We're going to pray for the audience before we get rolling. Uh, we've got a brother just sent a text in, and we're going to absolutely pray for everybody and for their situations. We're going to do that before we get into the hearty heart heart of things, okay? But what I want you to be aware of is this opportunity to connect with us, this opportunity to fellowship. That's what this is. I'm not your pastor. I'm your big brother or your brother or your little brother, depending on how old you are, okay? Because I'm not doing that by size because I gained weight because of my knee, so I don't want to talk about it. So bottom line to that is we're brothers and sisters in Christ, trying to encourage each other, strengthen each other, bless each other. As you know, it's getting tougher, right? Come on. It's getting tougher out there. But that's why we need to step up our own game of encouragement and do a better job. That's just just all it is. Nothing more to it. And in the midst of that, we toss around some theology, and we encourage you to spend time with the Lord because— that is the answer to everything. The answer to everything you ever want to know right now, more of God. There you go. More of God. Oh, okay. That's that's pretty much the answer. So if you've got something you want to share, you know you can reach out to us. There's a couple ways to do that. We've told you you can call 214-210. I'm sorry, you can text 214-210-8483. You can call 972-445-0770. Or you can send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. I've got a trivia question for you, but you're going to need the hint. And every one of my trivia questions, uh, the rest of them have hints, and these are great. So if you're ready, you need to kind of gear up the game here. And then after I offer this up, then we'll do our prayer. Okay? All right. No hint. All right. <laughs> what caused the flood waters to recede from the face of the earth? Is it the earth, wind, fire? Or the band? Earth, wind, fire, or the band? What caused the floodwaters to recede from the face of the earth? <laughs> Did you like that one? <laughs> earth? <laughs> pretty good, right? <laughs> or the band. Uh, it's not too bad. Uh, oh, yeah, you can call it 972-445-0770. Text 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, at hemusincrease.org. Let's go to prayer on behalf of one another is uh, is how we want to approach this. So let's do that first and foremost. If you call during the prayer, it's okay. Don't worry about it because uh, uh, Dynamic D will get that for you. So let's just pray real quickly. Father, we come before you right now. And first and foremost, we thank you and praise you because you're phenomenal. You're fantastic. Your kindness exceeds us so much. Your goodness exceed, exceeds us. You're so good to us while we have so many things that we are, have done contrary to you, that we've thought contrary to you, that we've spoken contrary to you. And we just so appreciate and we, sh- we, we enjoy the grace and the forgiveness you grant us. 
And we got some people in our audience right now, Lord, they need physical healing. And we're asking for physical healing by the power of the Holy Spirit. Nobody's demanding anything, Lord. We come and we bring our petition before you and we lay it at your feet. And we also ask you, Lord, to reach into relationships that are just on fire with spikes and pieces of glass and just so much pain wrapped into them. And we are asking for grace and mercy and the oil of healing in those relationships. And additionally, Lord, people who are facing circumstances that just that are beyond them, that you would be the God who shows his face to your people and have, let them have the mercy, grace, kindness, and power of God active in their lives. No situation is greater than you. No situation will ever be greater than you. Let us trust you. We just pray you bring your graciousness into everybody's life who we're praying for. Minister to them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so we'll go a minute or two longer. We'll just see how that kind of flies out. So I'll just kind of give you a kind of a hint up ahead of time. Uh, but let's go back to the trivia question just to make sure that you understand what it is. Uh, what caused the floodwaters to recede from the face of the earth? Was it the wind, the earth, the fire, or was it the band? There you go. Earth, wind, and fire, right? The earth, the wind, the fire. That's how I should have done that. I blew that. I guess that was the wrong order. Oh, my goodness. It was still funny, though. Yeah, it was still a good one, right? Okay. I thought it was funny. Uh, 972-445-0770. You see, why Dynamic D is great is here. He laughs at my jokes. And I don't even have to pay him. It's awesome. Uh, also, uh, 214-210-8483. Okay, there you go. Uh, that's the text. All right, let's get into the text, speaking of text. So I want to talk to you about something. I'm sure you've never heard this before. Uh, it's in the scripture. Oh, yes, you've heard of it. That's kind of a joke. Hebrews chapter 12. I'll just read it. Just listen to what it says, and then we'll go from there. This is what it says. Therefore, okay, we've already talked about this. Anytime you have a therefore in scripture, you know what that means. It's a conclusion. In other words, therefore means that whatever the author said prior, it's all leading up to therefore, right? I ate 14 cups of chili. Therefore, I'm going to use the restroom. See that kind of thing right there? All right. So there's a cause and effect in the word therefore. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's referring to Hebrews chapter 11, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Okay? So, as you go through an expository or exegetical approach to this, you look at a couple of different things. Therefore is the conclusion, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And so the identity here is you, you can't miss the clouds. You walk outside, it's like there are the clouds. It's like you can't miss them. And it's just this enormous witness that's coming out of Hebrews chapter 11, the entire chapter. So the first thing it says is let 
us throw off everything that hinders. In other words, there is a power that you and I have that comes from the Holy Spirit given to us because of the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, gives us the ability to throw stuff off of us. Remember the First Peter passage, cast your care unto him because he cares for you? There's this ability, uh, and it's not even... It's not even like shooting it. It's not like shooting a basket where you're shooting it and you kind of shoot it away. From it. This is like taking off your shirt and throwing it away. That's what it's like. And so we have this capacity that, that we can cast or throw off everything that hinders us. Now, what does that mean, hinders us? What it's talking about is hinders us from what we just saw, these activities of faith. So the question I'm just going to ask you, I mean, I'm your brother, I get to ask. Right? I'm not your five-year-old brother. I'm a little older than that. Well, not much, but I mean, I'm, I'm older than that. And so the idea is, what is it in our lives that hinders our faith? Because, man, we got we got to throw that out. We got to we got to take that shirt and throw that off of us. What is it that the blind man did, the name Barnabas, who Jesus pulled up? He threw off his cloak. What was the cloak? An identity that he was blind. Throw it off. Sometimes you just got to do that, man. Throw it off. Get rid of So it says, let us throw off everything that hinders. Hinders what? The faith that we should be operating in. And the sin that so easily entangles us. And what's that? You know what it is. You know what your sin is. You know what your besetting sin is. Every person on the planet knows what their besetting sin is. And God knows what your besetting sin is. Okay? And then the Lord tells you. Because he's merciful, the Lord tells you, you don't have to fall into that and follow that. You don't have to. Not that we won't. You don't have to. The sin that so easily entangles us gets us all twisted up. For some of you, that has to do with sex, drugs, and rock and roll. For some of you, it has to do with politics and television and internet. For some of you, it has to do with family and relations. For some of you, it has to do with jobs. I don't know what it is for you. You do. And the Lord's going, man, you got to get rid of that. You can't keep giving that life. And then he concludes the, the passage. So you can see it's broken down into the cloud of witness, throwing off things that hinder and, and the things that entangle, and then run with perseverance. So I'm not sure if you're understanding this or not, but the run with perseverance is the marathon versus the sprint. Everybody talks about that. But I wanna, I'm going to focus on that last little part. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Did you ever hear the Tour de France? Allez, the Tour de France, where they go on the bicycles and they ride all around 2,000 plus miles on the bicycles. It is mapped out. Do you know when you do some kind of Olympic or some kind of professional long-term marathon, it's mapped out. They know where they're going. When they do country running, uh, the, the, the country style running, it's mapped out where you go. You think your life's not mapped? We're talking about God. You got to run with perseverance. The race that's marked out that's mapped out he knows exactly what the next corner is going to have for you he's a part of the map making oh 
All right, so what we'll do is we'll answer the trivia question, then we'll exit. Here was the question. The question is, what caused the floodwaters to recede from the face of the earth? The answer is the wind. Genesis 8 won the wind. And now we will exit and then come back for the rest of this. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. The David Spoon Experience. I'm not going to do an over overriding teaching that will uh, make the Baptists or the Church of Christ proud, so neither one of your groups can be all excited about this because that's not the purpose of this. Uh, here's where we're picking it up. Uh, as uh, verse 34 ends, eunuch, the eunuch uh, asked Philip, what was Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? Verse 35 from Acts chapter uh, 9, uh, or chapter 8, said, Philip says, Philip began with the same scripture and then began to tell him about the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there is some water. Why can't I be baptized? So let's just stop right there. When Philip was explaining the gospel to the eunuch, he had to include the understandings or the teachings of baptism, or the eunuch never would have said, why can't I be baptized? He never would have said it, never would have come up, unless Philip had brought that information to light. In multiple translations, it then says, you can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is often known as believer's baptism. Some texts will show this in the footnote. I disagree that it should be reduced to the footnote. I think it's a part of the text. I would not fellowship with you over that. I just think it is a part of the text because he asks a very pointed question. And in this exchange, Philip is giving a very pointed answer. So he's like, well, 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 well there's some water. I, I want to be baptized. I want to respond to the gospel. I want to say yes. And Philip responds by saying, you can. You can get baptized. As long as you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you can be baptized. Now, why that's important is because this is the difference between many different groups about who can be baptized. Some people think, well, a child can be baptized. Yeah, but a child can't believe in Jesus, so then how can a child be baptized? That's the argument, okay? Those, again, those are not fellowship issues. Those are disagreements. You know, we spent... I spent 10 minutes talking about understanding who's got the Spirit of God and who doesn't have the Spirit of God. When you have a difference of a application of Scripture, that, that person's not an evil person. They're not some kind of demonic whatever. They see something different than you. Okay. They're genuinely in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is what redeems us. They are uh, acknowledging their heavenly Father, praying our Father who art thou in heaven. They drink of the same Holy Spirit. They come to a different conclusion. Yeah. What else is new? Does everybody think McDonald's is the best fast food? Are you kidding? There's only a few people. <laughs> Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for your next trivia question. This is, this is so good. This is so good, this trivia question. 
It's so good. I'm excited to share it. Ready? Okay. For your biblical reference, it's Acts 16. Paul and Silas prayed at what time of day while they were in jail? Paul and Silas prayed at what time of day while they were in jail? Here is your hint. Oh, I'm leaving on that to Georgia. <laughs> leaving on a train. What time? What time? Get it? Al, pow, pow is first. There you go. Paul and Silas prayed at what time of the day when they were in jail? Well, I'm leaving. On that train to Georgia. Okay, so you just got to know what that answer is right there. <laughs> That's, That's an a, easy one. I mean, come on. That's a good one. I just really wanted to sing that. <laughs> so really, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you think you know, that's a good hint. Uh, if you think you know, uh, you can call in. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> you can call in. That's the wrong band, Eric. Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email David at he must org. I do have legendary uh, two jokes. One's very, very, very short. One's longer. Now, if these are offensive to you, then I want you to please take a deep breath and drink some cocoa. All right. All right. Here's your first one. Pretty short, pretty simple. Okay. Uh, person number, I'm uh, sorry, uh, friend number one. I think it's just an illusion that anyone can predict the future with cards. Person or child number two. I disagree. My mother can take one look at my report card and tell me exactly what will happen when my dad gets home. See how that, because you see the, okay. I didn't get anything out of that. <laughs> this was nothing. You didn't like that one? It's okay. Well, I was playing with the sound effects on that one. My okay. apologies. All right. Did you like it? It was, it was all right. You can, somebody uh, calling in. Let's get them, and then I'll still do my joke and give them a hard time. <laughs> okay. Here you go. Listen, that was not that bad. Listen, I think it's just illusion. Anyone can predict the future with cards. I disagree. My mother can take one look at my report card. Tell me exactly what will happen when my dad gets home. Okay, that's funny. This one's funny. Don't get upset about it. It's funny. Two women come before wise King Solomon, dragging between them a young man in a three-piece robe. This young lawyer agreed to marry my daughter, said one. No, he agreed to marry my daughter, said the other. And so they haggled before the king until he called for silence. Bring me my biggest sword, said Solomon, and I shall hew the young attorney in half, and each of you shall receive half. Sounds good to me, said the first lady, but the other lady said, O king, do not spill innocent blood. Let the other woman's daughter marry him. The wise king did not hesitate a moment. The attorney must marry the first lady's daughter. They asked, well, how is that so? And he answered, because she was willing to split him in two, and claimed the king. And indeed, that shows she's the true mother-in-law. <laughs> come on! Come on! <laughs> come on. See, because the mother-in-law would cut him in two. Okay. 
That's not that bad. All right, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Send them on through. Send them on through. Here we go. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How Hi, are you Gary. today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. I was, I was a little disappointed in my doctor visit. You know how you go there and you're hoping something will – they'll say something that will be um, helpful? Yeah. <laughs> well, that didn't happen so much. I mean, it, all he said was the same thing. It's not, it's not an infection. It's inflamed. You got to stay off it. Da 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 da. And it's just like, okay, I, they already told me all that. It's like there was nothing new, so I was a little disappointed. But that's that's at least there's nothing really really bad with it. No surgeries, no anything. So well, that's, at least that's good. Yeah, that's the good part of it. So I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, but well, you know, you know how you go there and you have a little higher expectation, and then it's like, eh, okay, turn and it over to the great physician. That's it. That is it, and that's why I've been. I love what you said the other day. I just want to be healed. It's like I'm. Just, I've been praying that specifically for you. I love that. One of the better ones that I've heard. Just saying it straight out. All right, you, I know you got this one, but you got to say that the hint was pretty good. Paul and Silas prayed at what time of day? Well, that while they were in jail. I believe it was midnight. That is correct, sir. Midnight train to Georgia. That's exactly. Exactly it. I couldn't resist. You know what I'm saying? On the midnight train to Georgia. It's like too good. It was too good. So excellent job. That's very good. And I want everybody to keep praying for Gary as well as for myself. Yeah. And uh, we're counting on you to be praying for, especially on the weekend, be praying for us and, and having great faith that you will keep us in prayer before the Lord. Okay, I will. All right, my okay. brother. Thank you and God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Okay. Excellent job by our brother. We love our brother. All right. So here's the the ticket on the perseverance thing, okay? Let's just skip right to it. Let's. I'm gonna go for, uh, to like three extra minutes, okay? I'm just telling you I have time. Okay, all right. All right. So instead of the ten twenty or whatever, two twenty seven would be two thirty. Here's the ticket, okay? We are told that we are supposed to persevere. Then the other part of Hebrews earlier on says this. And this is, this is kind of a, a reinforcement, and I'm going to take it right into this other verse. It says, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. So what the passage, what the author is saying earlier is, hey, you've got this confidence that the Lord is on your side, that he's with you, and you're going to be rewarded for that, but you have to persevere. You can't quit. You can't have faith and then say, oh, I no longer have faith, and I still expect to be compensated based on my no longer having faith. It doesn't work that way. That's not how it works. Once you enter into faith, you have to maintain that faith. It's not a faith for just a second, and then you never have to have it again. You have to maintain it. You have to stand firm in it. That's why it says stand firm in your faith. And we need to persevere so that when we've done what the Lord has brought before us, we need to stand firm in that faith, persevering, because by doing that, we're demonstrating the importance of our continual faith. Remember, Hebrews 12.1 does this whole process of going back to Hebrews 11 saying, look at all these great people of faith. Look at all these great things they did. Well, they didn't do these things having one second of faith. They did these having a life of faith, having faith for the entire situation, not just for part of it, for all of it. And a lot of us do a massively excellent job starting off in faith with our situation. And then after a little while, it, it, it dissipates. And the Lord 
is telling you, you know what? That faith that you started with, where you started like at a six, don't let it dissipate to a two. Keep it at a six. In fact, move it up. Because the idea that you have faith is, is essential. It's a, faith is required to please God. But you can't have faith and then let the faith go because that's just a temporary goofy faith. You need real faith. Faith that says, I'm not going to change because I'm going to believe like I did at the beginning. And what happens for people is they lose that. And so the, the admonition from the author is, hey, don't throw away that confidence. Remember when you first came into it and you said, you know what? The Lord's going to help me through it. You said that, right? And then as it gets a little harder, you're like, I really wish he'd help me through it. <laughs> see, you see, 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 that just went from a six to a three, just like in that one statement. And it's like, yeah, that's what happens. And see, the Lord's telling, I'm going to reward you richly. You've got to persevere. You've got to maintain. You've got to be firm. And we've talked about this, I think, before. But we talked about that bulldog. So Josh had this dog. It doesn't matter what the dog's name was. He didn't know how to name dogs, even though he's my son. He doesn't know how to name dogs. I can't help him. But this dog was a bulldog, right? Uh, and... Just the most stubborn. <laughs> it's, just like, it's not even funny. Just so stubborn. That's how your faith has got to be. Got to have that. No. I am right here. That's what we need to have operating in us. Okay. Now, why it's important is because when you encounter something that is challenging to your faith, when you encounter something that challenges you and tries to draw your faith down, the Scripture is telling you you don't have to let that happen. But how we let that happen is we focus on the circumstance and not the Lord. We walk by sight and not by faith. We walk by what we anticipate in our own wisdom and not in trusting in the Lord, which, again, we've said a hundred times and say a hundred more, maybe a thousand more. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Essentially, that means you and I are not that smart. That's what it says. We don't know what's going on. Hold faith right? Hold your faith. Be immovable in that faith. Like we talked yesterday about being Bible believers, and I wanted that rant. And I think it was a pretty good rant, and I told Eric, I, I thought it was as much for me as for anybody else. The idea is that your faith has to be steadfast. It doesn't mean you don't make changes in life or anything like that, but you don't stop believing that God is helping you coordinate. Okay? You never stop believing in the faithfulness of God. You maintain the faith you started with. We'll take our break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. 
but the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. A big portion of being guided is asking, prayer, when you're praying with people, fellowship, amongst other people, can lead you to guidance. It's happened on more than one occasion for me. Counsel is obviously very good, both spiritual and not necessarily biblical. Also, practical counsel is good. Circumstances often speak to us and give us guidance. Open doors... Or, for that fact, closed doors. We know his word gives us guidance. We know in 2 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14, Paul said that he used peace of mind as an aspect of guidance. These are all the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us is, of course, the number one element for guidance is to be led by the Spirit, right? These are all hugely important. The David Spoon Experience. What is the David Spoon Experience, you say? I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? A hippocritopotamus. <laughs> Come on. Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance and last but not least, do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Here you go. Here you go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770. Well, that was a nice crack in my voice. KAAM. Wow. 770 here in Texas. That was funny. Uh, that, that trivia question was great. The midnight one. Come on. Was, I like it. That was a good one. All right. This uh, this is uh, much – I'm even uh, considering switching. Okay, I'm going to switch this. Uh, how many times is the phrase – this is a tough question, by the way. How many times is the phrase born again mentioned in the Bible? Okay, it is mentioned in the Bible for those who are going to go none. And uh, the hint – is uh, the hint is in the words themselves. How many times is the phrase born again? This would be in John chapter 3. How many times is it mentioned in the Bible? Uh, 
Let's see. Uh, if you think you know the answer, uh, you're supposed to call us. 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Now, it's here that we always send you to the website, and we do that for all these different reasons. Uh, you know, there's a lot of podcasts, 3,300 hours of podcasts. That's a lot. <laughs> so for those that don't know, that's a lot of podcasts. It, just, it certainly is. Uh, and uh, also, we send you there for our giving purposes. And I know some of you guys, you want to be able to give and you can't. And I just bless you for that. I thank you for that. But for those of you that can and for those of you that want to, please do so because it's totally important for us to be able to sustain the ministry. So please go to he must Prayer request? hemustincrease.org. Praise report? hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? hemustincrease.org. hemustincrease.org. You missed it by that much. <laughs> Don't tell everybody. <laughs> it doesn't matter. People know at this point, if you guys haven't figured out, he must increase dot org. You must have, this must be your first time listening to the show. And then our advice is what? Get aspirin. Um, okay, let me double check on this. So I want to make sure you guys got the trivia question. Then we got our history we got to do and a few other things. How many times is the phrase "born again" mentioned in the Bible? Now I want to point this out to you guys that. The phrase born again contains the hint for how many times. <laughs> How's that? Is that a good one? The phrase, listen to what I'm saying. The phrase born again is the hint for how many times it's mentioned. That's right. That's good. That's another good hint. Thank you. Uh, I'm on a hint roll. I don't know what that is, but it's something. Uh, in the meantime, we are going to do our history so that we don't forget to do history. So let's do history. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. All right. Uh, today is do something nice day. That that's good. You should do something nice, right? It's nice to do something nice. People, please do something nice. Uh, it is also uh, James Bond Day, which for I mean, I know some people don't like it. I like James Bond. I like James Bond when I was growing up. That was fun. What's the problem with that? World Teachers Day. Okay, got that. World Architecture Day. What's really amazing about that is that's what my mom wanted me to be. She did not uh, grow up her young Jewish lad who went to private Hebrew school and think he'd be a uh, Baptocostal minister. <laughs> she wanted him to be a Jewish architecture. Uh, architect. Whoops, missed that one. Uh, here, this uh, two more to tell you. Uh, three more to tell you. Two more to tell you. Uh, 1914, first airplane shot down by another plane. Happened on this day in 1914. A German plane shot down a French pilot. 1921, so we're talking about 101 years ago, this day, first radio broadcast of the World Series, 101 years ago today. And then, uh, the last but not least, 
is the start of the public television network PBS, which is uh, uh, kind of uh, start off really good, PBS, and then it just got weird. You know, it's just like if people would just keep keep things normal and fun, it'd be great. Uh, but then everybody seems to seem like they have to have a message and those kind of things, and that makes it uh, hard. That's like NPR. You know what it stands for? Uh, nothing but poor radio. <laughs> Used to be good at one time. <laughs> yeah, one time was great. All right, anyway, that's just opinions. Uh, you know, what do you do? All right, uh, trivia question. <clears throat> How many times is the phrase born again mentioned in the Bible? Uh, and Eric has helped us get uh, a more clarity, so I'm going to give Eric big props on this one because the question was shooting for the Gospels, but if you include the entire Bible, the answer is actually larger. So I'll get into that explanation a little bit. But if you think you know how many times the phrase born again mentioned in the Bible, if you think you know, 972 445 You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. As we're behind in the entire show, well, so what? <laughs> okay, here, here it is. Here it is. Ready? You ready for the thing you don't want to hear? I love these things. These are the best. These are so good. Here you go. Here's the thing that nobody wants to hear. Ready? Okay. So we are we are told to persevere. We talked about that, right? And in being told to persevere, we're told, don't throw away that confidence. Keep that same faith. Keep that going. Okay? All right, all right, all right, all right. Listen to what James says about this. Consider it pure joy. Now, I just want you to stop right there before you get mad at me and recognize that James, the brother of Jesus, the person who's in charge of the of the church, this is after the James in, in Acts 12 died. That was the Peter, James, and John. This is James, the Lord's brother, who wrote the letter. This is Acts 15, and he writes, consider it pure joy. Now, I'm not a, a scholar. Okay, I mean, I've got some good credentials, but I'm not a scholar scholar, but I can tell you that pure joy means lots of joy. I, I, I can get that. Amazing. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's funny. It's like right there. So consider a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, the truth of the matter is that when I'm facing a trial, I... I there's a couple ways that I approach it, and I'm trying to be honest, but then use the teaching part of it. Sometimes I approach a trial, and I have a lot of great faith, and I really stand in that faith, and I'm very praisey throughout that, you know, like the praising throughout the trial. Sometimes I get into that trial, and I start that trial, and I'm a little uh, uh, sarcastic, <laughs> just, just to be honest. And then sometimes I start a trial, and I'm complaining, and it's like the Lord doesn't want me to do that. Okay, I mean, I'm working on the sarcasm part because that's me just trying to be more like Christ. But getting into a trial and then just complaining. And here's James. He writes, consider it pure joy, my brother says, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And I'd like to sit in a room with all of you. I'm serious. Just to go around and just say, how many times have you, con- have you entered into your trial and then just considered it pure joy? Because for me, I'm like, no, the exit the exit of the trials, the pure joy, not the entrance, 
But yet he's saying we should have this joyous sense. And then you're sitting there saying, well, how how is that even possible? What's the feasibility? What's the logic behind that? I mean, how do you feel your face trials of many kinds? You're supposed to do with joy. How? And he says in verse 3, because, you know, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So here's the here's the sneaky part. Not the trick, but the sneaky part. The faith that we are being, t- the, the testing of our faith makes our faith endure. It makes our faith stronger. It makes our faith more uh, pure. It makes our faith uh, more bulldogish. And we need that bulldogish faith in order to receive the promise. We need that bulldogish faith in order to receive the, uh, the reward. And so we're being told, hey, you got to run this race with perseverance. In that perseverance, you will receive your reward. By the way, the trials you go through helps you to produce that perseverance. Then you can understand how James can say, yeah, consider it joy. It's like, well, I don't consider it joy because it's a trial. I don't like it. But what the Lord is trying to teach us through his word is that trial helps strengthen our faith and creates our faith into a pure level of perseverance, that perseverance has a promise attached to it of a reward, and that's how we're supposed to run the race. And now you're going, wait a second. So you're trying to tell me I should be happy about the things that I go through? Yes. <laughs> it's like, wait, no. Yes. But it's, it's disheartening. It makes your faith better. And great faith, persevering faith, is worth more than all the gold and the silver in the world. And in God's mind and in God's economy, that has priority. So every time you sit there and think your, your happiness, your comfort, uh, your resolutions or whatever, that's what's going to make you happy, God is telling you and me you're wrong. I'm not, he's not being nice. He's you're wrong. That faith that I'm making you kick through and push through and stretch and making that really firm and, and able to endure everything, that's what's valuable in your life. Because that is one thing that will be remembered when you step into the next. That faith. Okay, now the answer to the trivia question is three, but also two. There's two times it's referenced in John chapter three, verse John chapter three, verse three, and verse seven. But then also First Peter, I think, or First Peter uh, one also references it. So the technical answer to my trivia question is three. So if you're wondering about it, just think of the owl who did the Tootsie Roll commercial. How many how many licks does it take to get to the center of uh, Tootsie Pop? One, two, three. Thank you. All right. We'll take our break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Destroying everyone and everything we What is the David Spoon Experience? Isaiah chapter 63, verse 8 through 9 says this. He said, surely they are my people, sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. 
in all their distress, he too was distressed. So uh, I want to make sure you understand. We've talked about this before. You've heard some of my testimony. If you want to really get a better hand on my testimony, uh, I'll shamelessly plug the Broken for His Glory book, which contains the testimony, but you can get it for free if you do it through Kindle. And then otherwise it's like seven bucks or something. Oh, that's not very much. Uh, it's a kind of a fascinating journey on becoming saved and then going through bad churches or a bad church and then coming back into good church. Right, That's not always easy to do. One of the big premises of the book and of my entire Christian journey is a passage like this, which says, He said, Surely they are my people's sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. And in all their distress, he too was distressed. I think it's important for you and I to understand the level to which God has put himself or placed himself. He's not incomplete without us in the in the theological term that God can exist completely independently and doesn't need us, but he bears with us or connects to us in such a way that he feels with us. And so I think it's important for you and I to grasp that when Paul was on the road to Damascus and then uh, the Lord appears to him, right? And we've talked about this before, you know, knocks him, you know, knocks him uh, off his donkey and blinds him, okay? Now you just have to imagine you're on a donkey, bammo, you're on the ground, okay? <laughs> okay? Not on a comfy table or a comfy chair or a comfy bed, on the ground and you're blind. <laughs> so this is a real wake-up call. And then Jesus says to him, Saul, before he becomes Paul, you know, you know, why are you persecuting me? And what does Paul say, Saul say? He says, who are you? <laughs> right? Because this is like, you know, this is, you know, outer limits stuff right here. And then Jesus goes, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Ah, but the irony behind that is that Jesus made the identification with the church because Saul was persecuting the church. But Jesus goes, I'm the one you're persecuting. Now see see how he connects himself to the people. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Want to make sure you guys uh, have me in prayer because we're going to have... We're going to have a discussion tonight in the family about uh, transferring the kids. So I really uh, need help on that. Um... Uh, I just want to say, so Ginny said something really funny. There's nine letters in born again. <laughs> she guessed nine. <laughs> that was, that's actually very thoughtful. That's a great way to think about that. Uh, it was my bad. Uh, but uh, I probably should have given you guys better hints. But, you know, uh, All right. uh, let's see. So be in prayer for me as we have our family meeting tonight. Here you go. Uh, this is a ABC, one, two, or three. How many years did Noah live after the flood? 150, 250, or 350 years. Wow! Oh, you just thought that was going to be it, huh? Yeah. 150, 250, or 350 years. There you go. Join and Cordelia. Pow, pow. Pow, pow, so you can know. That means they answered first. Pow, pow. 
214-5-0-7-7-0. That's the number to call. 214-210-8483. That's the number to text. And David at he must increase dot org. That is the email. And uh, I just find it amazing. I find this teaching amazing because I'm so poor at it. I don't, I'm not teaching, I'm not trying to tell you that because I'm really good at it. Exact opposite. (laughs) I I think, wow, I I really need to learn this. Like I know it, but I need to process it and get it in my brain so that I can use it, like like, uh, have it be effective. So here we start off at Hebrews chapter 12. Okay, just gonna I'm gonna follow you through this little ball. Then we went to Hebrews 10, then we went to James 1, and now we're gonna go back to Hebrews 12. And you're thinking, I think I've heard you teach this before. Well, I hope so, because I teach it once a year, so that means you've probably heard it before. What's important, at least once a year, if not more, what's important is to understand that the perseverance of our faith is essential for us to complete the race. Okay, got that. Nobody's arguing. You run the with perseverance, the race marked out. Got it. We also understand that that perseverance produces tremendous blessings, richly rewarded by the Lord. Don't throw away that confidence. Got it. Then we get a better handle on uh, how the Lord does that because the trials that we go through takes the faith that we have. If you think of faith as um, uh, maybe a silly putty or something, it's like it stretches the faith, but then it reinforces the faith and it strengthens the faith. And uh, that's the idea behind it is that your faith becomes so strong and so uh, able to endure that these trials enable the perseverance of that, of your faith, they in- increase the quality of your... That's a great way to say it. Trials increase the quality of your faith. Okay? That's... I mean, if you're going to say it in a way that you would go... Uh, I mean, how would you... Trials increase the quality of your faith. The quality of that faith that's increased brings great reward and great promise, and it is how God commands us to run the race that he set up. But he doesn't leave it there and then say, good luck. (laughs) Although I think some of us think that that's not what he does. What he does is he then gives us, or he gives us in this, a solution to how to keep processing the faith that is being stretched in us. And he gives us that in Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. It says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we look at it and we say, oh, okay, our call or command is to run the race with perseverance. That perseverance has a lot of reward. We understand that the testing of our faith creates an elastic or quality to our faith of perseverance. And then the scripture is telling you the way that you go about this whole thing goes back to the same thing that it always goes back to, that it will always go back to if we're true to the word of God and true to the commands of God. And that is we're supposed to fix our eyes on Jesus. 
You think that's so simple? Yeah? How's that going through your trial, Mr. or Mrs. Simple? In other words, it's not so simple, and you know it and I know it. We need to keep a steadfast, fixed vision on the Lord Jesus Christ. The joy that was set before him, that's how he endured the cross. And the scripture says, consider him so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus enabled, enabled, that's really the wrong word, sustained by having a vision of what was coming. And we are told to have a vision of Jesus to remind us of that which is coming because of Jesus. So in the midst of the struggle and the fire and the frustration, you stop. And you stop the wind and you stop the waves and you fix your eyes on Jesus. And that gives you more strength to keep going. And then you get all the benefits and blah, 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 blah. But I'm, I'm, the point comes down to the same thing. More of God is always the answer, period. All right, the trivia question. How many years did Noah live after the flood? 150, 250, or 350? The answer is 350 years after the flood. That is a long time to live after the flood, one-third of his life. Wow, that's just a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. Okay, well, we're going to be done for today. You've been listening to the David Swin Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.